My name is Zack Snyder. I'm the director of this movie. Kurt Johnstead, one of the writers. Larry Fong, director of photography. If you listen to that song at the beginning, it's a mock of uh, As Time Goes By, so listen to it again when you get a chance. I said to Tyler, like, it should go, and then he made that into a song. That lightning is the lightning from the book. You'll see it right here at the end, boom, right there. It's also in some of the other Frank Miller Dark Knight lightning too, if you look at it. Those, that skull shot was the first shot we shot, right, Larry? That was the first shot on the first day. Mm -hmm. We shot it in like the first 10 minutes of the first day, which is cool that it's the first shot in the movie. We did that shot so quickly, everyone kind of thought, okay, we already had a schedule on the first day. Exactly, so, and they thought it was all gonna go that smoothly. Boy, were they mistaken. Or misshapen, he would have been discarded. From the time he could stand, he was baptized in the fire of combat. Yes, Eli Snyder appears briefly as the young Leonidas. My son does an awesome job. I like that he gets beaten by a giant man immediately. But look at this is his um, Bruce Lee. See that? I taught him that. <laughs> He had a hard time with the ADR because he had to do this breathing separately. And it's, if you've never been in a movie and you have to get in a sound room and replace your dialogue or your sound, it's an abstract experience. He did a good job in the end, but it was, it was, it was tough for him. Was that a real sound there? The... No, that's a plastic shield, so that sound is all completely fake. I mean, that was a big thing, you know, is getting those plastic props to look. They put a finish on all that stuff that when we did this, uh, affected the, the film the way it is it, with the contrast, that those highlights, it would stand up. If, it, if the shields were too shiny, it would have all would have burned out into a big white thing. And this punch, oh, look at the skin wrinkle. On the eye. Yeah. And then Grant put that blood in, the blood on his knuckles. Did that in the, um, in the final hour. And if necessary, to kill. We wanted to show the sort of quick journey of the Agogi and that they got beat and they beat each other up and then tossed into the wild, of course. Constantly tested, tossed into the wild, left to pit his wits and will against nature's fury. It was his initiation, his time in the wild. For he would return to his people as Spartan. Or not at all. Now this is the wolf that was inspired very much by, um, if you look in the graphic novel, you could see Frank's wolf, you know, and it's uh, larger than life. It's hungry, so we made it, you know, kind of skinny in the stomach area. begins to circle the boy. Claws of black steel, fur as dark night, eyes glowing red, jewels from the pit of 
hell itself. These are all pretty much right out of the graphic novel, these shots. But of course, we didn't have a wolf on the day we were shooting, so we had that stuffed wolf. The giant wolf sniffing. And we ended up shooting the all the these close-ups of the wolf like this. We shot with the mechanical wolf, and then just we ended up replacing him with the CG wolf that you see there, because he's a little bit more wolf-like. So that was the background plate did have the mechanical wolf when we shot it, but then we ended up covering it with the CG wolf there. It's not fear that grips him, only a heightened sense of things. The cold air in his lungs. This is a shot that we never did. This is all CG. Moon, again, CG, all CG. Grant did a lot of those look frames, though, to um, establish what those skies and moons would look like. This shot right there, that, that's like one of the few all set shots in the movie. You know, that's the same set. We, you know, made it snow, made it hot. You know, we use, we use that scene, that set a lot, that courtyard. And then that's David Wenham um, being Delios. It's been more than 30 years since the wolf in the winter cold. Now, as then, a beast approaches. Patient and confident, savoring the meal to come. All the this beast. What do you call those things? The cinders were added later. And spears. An army of slaves, vast beyond imagining. And that second or third layer, like you see the guys way in the back there, they weren't there either. Kind of silhouette guys. They were a separate pass or separate element. Which is why they're not moving much. Yes, exactly. King but this was real, this little heat vapory thing. Yeah. See that? That's real fire in the foreground. Exterior shot. The only exterior shot in the movie, well, they're the only handful. There's the three right here. This horse sequence we did shoot outside. That wasn't the sky of the day. This is the photosonic shot too. Our only photosonic shot in the movie. So that ground is real, the dirt flying up is not real. This was an element we shot in front of that blue screen that, that was attached to a um, big trailer. And then this is Grant's shot that he did himself basically in his living room with his Mac. More outside and then that's it. There's no more shots done outside. Although all the elements, so they were all completely rotated off that. And then there's Peter Menza, looking scary with contacts and his, uh, what do you call that? Spar uh, Persian calling card? Persian calling card, yeah. That's the crowns of conquered kings right there. So there's the courtyard again from the snow sequence.
And if you look, the one little detail we did was if you look at the fountain that's back there on the back wall, you can't see it just at the top of the frame there. It's a wolf head now. After Leonidas has conquered the wolf, he sort of adopted the wolf as his. See it right there behind him? What was it before? It was uh, just a little sort of spigot that stuck out of the wall. If you look in the, I think it's in the wide shot with uh, where he's becoming a king. I'm not totally positive. First, you fight with your head. Then you fight with your heart. Then uh, Lena Headey and Jerry Butler, both awesome. Do not forget today's lesson. Respect and honor. Respect and honor. And then here comes uh, Dominic West and Peter again. And this shot was done all, and look, if you look at, there's Chad right there. The only time you see him in his little Spartan bikini. It's a, it's a rare sight in Sparta. entertaining your guests. I'm sure. Before you speak, Persian, know that in Sparta, everyone, even a king's messenger, is held accountable for the words of his voice. Now, what message do you That was all real, and this is all real, shot in camera, these shots here. But anytime you're looking, that would be to the right of Lena, that's all digitally sort of extended. Do not be coy or stupid, Persian. You can afford neither in Sparta. This was a line we shot two ways, because everyone wasn't sure whether only Spartan women coy or stupid would be good, but I thought it was cool. I'm sure Kurt wrote that. I did. <laughs> but coy or stupid? Uh, I'm both coy and stupid. If you value your lives over your complete annihilation, listen carefully, Leonidas. Xerxes conquers and controls everything. And then here comes a shot that's pretty much right out of the graphic novel. Again, we try to reproduce. This was a shot also, this shot coming up, which is this overhead that we tested. A lot of the looks of Sparta came from that overhead. Remember, we shot the tiles and this shot right here, the cat. A token of Sparta's submission to the will of Xerxes. That's pretty much set, except for the sky back there with a little bit of blue screen above the top of the buildings there. It goes all the way back and all the way, Submission. the doors are open, you can see almost all the way into the courtyard, back where um, Leonidas oh, was wrestling his Pleistarchos, his son. See, rumor has it, the Athenians have already turned you down. And if those philosophers and uh, boy lovers. Philosophers and boy lovers, that's right out of the book. <laughs> and we filled that stage, like on this shot, our backs are against the back wall. Yeah, exactly. The camera basically is bumping against one side of the, the set. Larry had a hard time lighting that, didn't you, because the, you're so close to the side of the stage. If you know anything about photography, it's hard to film something when you can't get away from it. And your back's against the wall. Yeah. Literally. But, literally. <laughs> That's a CG shot, of course. Grant worked on that shot to try and make it look good. And then we have this shot, which is uh, when he pulls the sword out and we pull back, which is a, again, right out of the graphic novel, was a, the idea of kind of trying to take that shot and the relationship between the getting the graphic novel shot to the reality and that's all just this half of the well was real and half is cg the front half of the well is real 
The back half is fake. And it's basically a flat piece of green circle laid on the ground. Bring the crowns and heads of conquered kings to my city steps. You insult my queen. You threaten my people with slavery and death. Oh, I've chosen my words carefully, Persian. Perhaps you should have done the same. This is blasphemy. This is madness. This is Sparta! And then this shot, that's a, there's a little CG link that they had to do between these two shots to kind of get us from one to the other. And then the other Spartans that were falling, they sort of become a little bit CC, CG. And then now this takes us back to the early days of photography. wire assist there and set extension and the rocks are added later. And that shot's right out of the graphic novel too, or very much some very similar to it. I like that idea of the cape blowing. We actually built a separate cape for those climbing shots because this cape's leather. So we had to build a um, sort of one that was made out of fabric so it can blow because leather, as you know, you put a lot of wind on it and it doesn't, doesn't move around too good. These makeups were pretty cool. I like these. The ephors, priests to the old gods. This is the helicopter shot. Yes, it's a Spartan helicopter, which is really hard to get. They had to pedal really hard to get the uh, keep the blades rotating. Again, this is a shot that's right out of the graphic novel. We talked a lot about the size of the moon, and I felt like it should be pretty ridiculous which it clearly is. Forces number in the millions. I hope for our sake they exaggerate. That's out of the graphic novel too. Uh, in, in the graphic novel he rolls out a scroll, but we thought it would be cool to rip off Hero into a kind of a dirt box. Homage. Homage, yes, sorry. Yes, not rip off. <laughs> And then there's the gold. As you can see, the ephors like, they like gold. Skills and the terrain of Greece itself to destroy them. We will march north to the coast, where I will make it sure. It is August, Leonidas. The full moon approaches. The sacred and ancient festival. Sparta wages no war at the time of the Carnage. And here's a little history. The Carnea is real. The Spartans, that was the thing that happened to them at Marathon. They couldn't go to Marathon because of the, because of the Carnea. And this is what got in the way of uh, them here later, 10 years later. They fought a lot of battles in the summer, apparently. 
from there, we will see there's the hot gates and the Spartans are going to come down and they're going to not be able to go down the coast because the Phocian Wall will be built, so they'll end up going into the, into the hot gates. And wave after wave of Persian attack will smash against Spartan shields. Xerxes' losses will be so great. His men that moon, of course, is fake. No and uh, if you look, the cloud is moving ever so slightly, which is nice. Trust the gods, Leonidas. I prefer you trusted your reason. This is another frame I liked out of the graphic novel with the finger pointing in the foreground. But again, all the torch, um, the embers were all done later, even this shot here. There was a torch there, but... There was a torch, but the embers, it had no embers coming off of it, which is weird anyway. Worthless remnants of a time before Sparta's ascent from darkness. Remnants of a senseless tradition. Tradition even Leonidas cannot defy. For he must respect the word of the ephors. That is the law. And no Spartan, subject or citizen, man or woman, slave or king, this um, bit we shot dry here, and then this we shot in a tank, a teeny tank, by the way, underwater, to give her that so her outfit could move as it does. beautiful Spartan girls to live among them as oracles. Their beauty is their curse. But the old wretches have the needs of men. That was a little thing I added um, with the, uh, the licking of the uh, salty skin of the oracle. I thought that was good. Sparta will fall. Oh, she's talking about oh, Kelly making up her language. All this, all this, uh, what she's saying, we never talked about it at all. You know, it's one of those things that the, she just did this. All this made up gibberish. She just did it. And then she threw in Carnea, which was awesome. I thought that was really cool. Honor the Carnea. The king's climbed down his heart pompous inbred swine. Worth CG coins, of course, rotten. which are right out of, uh, the idea is right out of the graphic novel down to the pile of gold. Truly, you're in the God King's favor now. And we did, we added uh, Theron to this little bit. He's actually a made-up character, too. Fresh oracles shall be delivered to you daily from every corner of the empire.
just going to finish with your fingers and start. Perhaps the oracle robbed you of your desire as well. It would take more than the words of a drunken adolescent girl to rob me of my desire for you. Then why so distant? Because it seems no slave and captive of lecherous old men. The oracle's words could set fire to all that I love. So that is why my king loses sleep and is forced from the warmth of his bed? There's only one woman's words that should affect the mood of my husband. Those are mine. It's a beautifully shot sequence, Mr. Larry Fong. Thank you very much. Oh, that wasn't easy because you had to kick them out because, um, kick the crew out because these guys are basically naked. Remember me? Like, I was relighting everything because... Oh, yeah. Larry's, like, running around by himself, like, with a glove, trying to, like, grab the hot lights. Zach's handheld. Get this shot. Shoot this. Do that. It's pretty fun. Instead, ask yourself, my dearest love, should a free man do? And we had basically tried to choreograph the love scene like a wrestling match, so it wasn't too embarrassing for them. I don't know how other directors do it. I'd love to talk to somebody because it's really embarrassing, horrible. Because you're like, you know, could you move your stuff that way a little? So that gets a little awkward. But in the end, you know, it, uh, it's, I think it's pretty sexy. The other thing that was, uh, you know, I wanted to also the idea is to have them have their last sort of night together. And that was sort of the, the moment that you wanted to. Here's Vincent again. Yep. 300. These were sort of the same wheat fields that we, they, they rode through on their way into Sparta. and. Uh, what Kurt and I had talked about setting this scene in, uh, there, I think originally it was called the Spartan Barracks. That's how it's listed on the script, but it turned basically into a wheat field. We are with you, sire, for Sparta, for freedom, to the death. Yeah, here's Astinos here, named after uh, Aston Martin. Zach's car. Yeah, the Greek historian was like, Astinos? Yeah, no, you made that up. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> we needed a name. You stood next to me in battle. You are a good friend, but a better captain, there is none. All these backgrounds, of course, we shot this on the set that we called the Wheatfield Hump, which is basically pretty close to the stage on this side, this back of the stage, and then, you know, the stage was deeper, looking up towards Spartans. The ephors have spoken. There must be no march. All those moats or those little bits of uh, dust floating in the air were all added later. I've issued no such orders. I'm here just taking a stroll, stretching my legs. These uh, 300 men are my personal bodyguard. Our army will stay in Sparta. Where will you go? 
I hadn't really thought about it, but uh, now that you ask, I suppose I'll head north. We had to ADR this whole sequence, of course, because the fans made it impossible to use the actual sound because we had fans blowing throughout this entire sequence to blow the wheat. Because there was a small amount of wheat right around the actors, and that gives you the sort of reality that they're in contact with. Maybe, you know, 15 feet around the actors is real wheat, and then the rest is CG wheat. But that went back like 200 feet, right? Or 100 feet? Up the stage. This side was right there. That was the edge of the stage. Like kind of where that wheat's moving. Past that. This was maybe 100 feet up the, up the stage. The edges of the wheat there on both sides were real. Actually, what they would do is the, the Spartans would go over a hill and then duck down behind the stage and hide. And then when you see them going further down the stage, there are CG guys or an element. So like in this shot, which is coming up right after Leonidas gives this most subtle of head gestures to his son there, which is awesome. This is historical too, this thing. Come back to the shield on it, yeah. So right there, like at the Spartan. left edge, they're hiding, and then the guys in the distance are actually a second element. So they'd go down and then they'd duck. Yes, Melania. And this is where the queen gives the wolf tooth from when he's a child. To Leonidas, yeah. Back to her king. Come back with your shield. Or on it. Yes, my lady. Goodbye, my love. Tyler with the beautiful little score. I love that this part. There's no room for softness. Not in Sparta. And there's those little dusty moats floating in the air. They look like strings. Only the hard and strong may call themselves Spartans. Only the hard. Only the strong. And here comes the uh, the cloud, and this was a thing we struggled with for quite a while because it didn't quite work. But in the last comp version, it came together. And then this is our introduction of Ephialtes. We march for our lands, for our families, for our freedoms, we march. Daxos, what a pleasant surprise. This morning's full of surprises, Leonidas. We've been tricked. I'll be more than a few hundred of them. This is a surprise. Silence. We heard Sparta was on the warpath. We were eager to join forces. If it is blood you seek, this sequence is right out of the graphic novel. It's one of my favorite little scenes. That shot right there was one of our early comps that we had to look at to say, yeah, that looks cool. I moved that mountain, though. It used to be on the other side. It's easy when it's just made out of ones and zeros. You, there. Where's your profession? I'm a potter, sir. And you, Arcadian, what is your profession? Sculptor, sir. 
you? Blacksmith. Kurt came up with this idea for the, basically the Spartan. I think it's an homage to the Marine Corps, if I'm correct. Yeah. Any tough guys, it's their war cry. They ha woo a lot, you'll see, which is cool. I have no problem. Does that mean something in Greek? Uh, I, yeah. It means war cry, it means soldier. It's funny, if you look at the wide shot, the shot that's right before this, the couplings of spears, and they, they, they kind of take their spears and they put them in little pyramids, like you see them back there. The spears are probably, they're hugely thick. They're giant. They're like telephone poles. It's pretty funny, but it, you, otherwise you don't read them, so we had to make it huge. His only regret is that he has so few to sacrifice. Now this is one of my favorite shots because that's Epialti's spear. And if you look, in order for props to understand whose spear was whose, they would write Effie. If you look, it says Effie right on the bottom of his spear written in silver marker. And the visual effects department kept saying, we'll take that out for you. And I said, no, it's fine. I like it. We're being followed. It has followed us in Sparta. We had this uh, original idea for this scene was to make the, um, the burned Greek village. There was like a 360-degree dolly where we went all around in a circle and saw the big village, and they were right in the middle of it. But uh, that proved expensive, so we pushed it a little bit into the distance. But the embers are cool. Scouting party. But these footprints. Those are immortal footprints. See, they're claws. They're evil. That's our big scare. Some pots. That was budgetary. That was also budgetary. Exactly. That was supposed to be a building that fell down, turned into some pots. But that is an immortal shadow. And then this is the little girl. She's a girl, by the way. People wonder, like, she is. It's our homage to Newt. Yes, it is. It's Newt. They come at night mostly. Here she is, and she's pretty. She, she did a great job. I thought she was pretty cool. This whole sequence we did in the same place on the wheat field hump again. We pulled all the wheat off of it and we put that mud and dirt and uh, turned it into the um, Burn Greek village in a matter of, I think it was only one day they turned it over. I think we actually shot this first, or did we? Yeah, we did. We shot this and then they put the wheat, brought the wheat in. The genius of James Bissell, production yeah. designer. Yes, Mr. Jim Bissell, not only a genius of design, but also a genius of Rubik's cubing our movie into making trying to get all our sets turned over and switched around as quickly as possible. The villagers, I found them. This was another 
Kurt invention, the Tree of the Dead, which you're going to see revealed in a moment. It's actually a real story, actually coming out of one of the Balkan Wars, that somebody retold to me about a village they came across with the entire village in the Balkans. They found all the villagers strung up in a tree. So of course I took that and put it in this movie because it's such a horrific idea. The studio had wanted, asked us at this point if we could have some sort of symbol of the Persian advance into Greece. Kurt said, what do you think of this? And I was like, oh. That sounds horrific. You cannot be killed or defeated. Not this darkness. Not these immortals. Immortals. We'll put their name to the test. And I did a little doodle of it. And it basically looked like this. And so there, and there's a bird up there on the top of the tree too. Into the this is the stolen shot from when the Persian emissary was approaching. We had to actually chop Roto him off and chop to make the hot gates go back because our stage was so, our set was pretty teeny. That's where the cheat is right there. See how it goes around the corner, but it's really just a bent piece of rock. Oh, is this the shot where the Spartans came down and they had to run around the back on camera yeah, and go yeah, again, like with the clowns? They, 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 they came down and they would go upstairs and then come around again. And then this shot was done in, by a German visual effects team that do, um, they're known for doing water scan lines. If you look closely, if you see the IMAX version, which is pretty fun, you can see the little, on that one ship, the, all the Persian sailors are trying to like, one guy's swinging on a rope because he can't control, it's pretty crazy. There's a lot of caring done by those guys. True. It does look like rain. These shots, um, if you look carefully at them, all those guys hanging from the sails and falling in the water, and it's, it's pretty hilarious. We try to get that, the essence of what, what's in the graphic novel here. Only one among us keeps his Spartan reserve. Only he, only our king. Back in Sparta, again, there's your uh, courtyard again, the wolf head in the background. I did a little thing later where that woman who's got the torch, it's out of focus, I'll bring it up when we get to it, but um, uh, Theron pays her off to um, sort of, maybe he got, that's where he got his info from. Steve McCaddy, amazing cat. He's in pretty good shape too, but with no Spartan training at all. Such secrecy needed. How am I to trust beyond the walls of my own home? Even here, Theron has eyes and ears which fuel Sparta with doubt and fear. Speak as if all Sparta conspires against you. I wish it were only against me. Many on our council would vote to give all we have and follow the but you must show them favor. And you can arrange for me to speak to the council. 
Originally, when I wrote this sequence in the storyboards, it was going to be uh, all in silhouette, like all in the shadows. And then I decided that we hadn't really seen her enough and that we wanted to see a little more Gorgo. That's all that's left over of the entire silhouette sequence was that one little shot of them on the ground there. I'm in your debt. No. Leonidas is my king as well as you. Also, there was a huge sequence that was taken out of the script where they actually travel here. They run up, run up to this position, and what, what, didn't you have it? You wrote it where they were hunting. They, they, they actually ran into like a Persian scouting party, and there was a battle between the Persians and the and, and the Spartans. And Daxos almost gets killed, and then he gets saved at the last second by the Spartans. But a fraction of the monster that is Xerxes' army. There can be no victory here. Why do you smile? Arcadian, I fought countless times, yet I've never met an adversary who could offer me what we Spartans call a beautiful death. I can only hope. So that, of course, you know, they're just sitting on a rock looking down at nothing, and that's all the background is a, is a CG map painting that we stuck behind them. It's a rock that we've seen before and we'll see. Yes, that's the rock that Leonidas is sitting on when he talks to Fialtes. This shot was changed also at the last second. It had, uh, if you look at the, um, the, in the deleted scenes, you'll see the way it was rejigged to make the coastline kind of go away from you. Spartan welcome. Yep, Spartan welcome. Those uh, signposts of the dead, we would call them. Dave Leach on the left. Yeah. Monster. Who commands here? We redid the sky a couple times because we wanted it to be a little bit more dramatic. So you can see that sometimes it doesn't match, but I wanted, I didn't care because I wanted that low angle to look cool. The way it works is some, at some point they just tell you, okay, you've done enough work on that shot, sorry. I'm gonna take it away from you and put it in the movie. That's not fun, but it happens. Listen, do you think the paltry dozen you That's a real metal sword, one of the few in the movie. I don't know why it's real and metal, but it happened to be a close-up, so we thought we would get a real metal one for that shot. And the props department made only a few metal ones. Except fall like a heap of dry leaves in the face. That's a real guy who we just had holes cut in the wall and they would just insert the guys into it. That's the Sean Smith one, which is a, you know, a rubber head. Using ancient stones from the bosom of Greece herself. Larry had again to light that big wide shot, but the light's about two feet away Your from the guy. You will pay for your barbarism! This is a wire shot we did. Uh, you know, as you can tell, he basically flies through the air there. And then there's this crazy handheld shot coming right here to make that transition. Larry and I were talking about it the other day. Was I wiggling the camera too much? I remember when you were shooting that, I go, why is he doing that? There must be a reason, I'm sure. <laughs> there's always a reason. <laughs> Not really. 
That white shot also is straight out of the graphic novel. If you look at one of the guys, uh, I think it's, um, I forget who was doing it, but they have a sword behind their, their, their spear behind their neck, which is really cool because it's a, it's in the graphic novel. Frank drew him like that, and I thought it was cool to try and get one guy to do that spear behind. It's kind of this casual Spartan half, half uh, aggressive, but half casual. Like they, they care, but they don't care. By noon this day, you will be dead men. A thousand nations of the Persian Empire descend upon you. Our arrows will blot out the sun. Then we will fight in the shade. Awesome one-liner. Yes, which they say also is historical. Historical. Yeah. It'll do the job of funneling the Persians into the hot gates. Captain, have the men found any route through the hills to our back? None, sire. There is such a route, good king. Just past that western ridge. It's an old goat path. The Persians could use it to outflank us. This is the sort of introduction of Ephialtes as an actual character. It was a little bit um, difficult because we chopped the scene out where we actually introduced Ephialtes. We used this scene instead, and uh, so we had to kind of make up that little introduction to show that Ephialtes was... Um, the audience hadn't seen him yet, or you know, and so it was a bit of a trick to try and make that look dramatic. Forgive the captain. He is a good soldier, but a bit short on manners. There is nothing to forgive, brave. Ephialtes, uh, Andrew uh, played Ephialtes, and he's basically in this insane makeup that it took him. I don't know, how long did it take him to get him in the makeup? It was like hours. Yeah, three or four hours, I think. Longer than that, I think. And the thing is, is that the his right eye is um, completely CGI, which is funny. CGI. Uh, CGI eye. The CGI eye, exactly. That's that's funny. And we ADR'd all his dialogue because if you look at his teeth, he's his teeth are completely fake too. So he had to um, we had to redo his dialogue because it sounded like he had a mouthful of uh, fake teeth. Exactly. To make spear and shield and sword as much a part of me as my own beating heart. I will earn my father's armor, noble king, by serving you in the battle. But he moved pretty well, considering he's completely, every inch of his body is covered with rubber. Raise your shield. Sire. Raise your shield as high as you can. And that's the same rock that the guys climbed up on to look down on, uh, to look down on the Persian encampment. That's the rabbit. Jim Bissell designed this, that, that rock to be used as a, a mini, like just on the other side of this to the left of it is where he met the free Greeks. It's used for a variety of different things within the movie. The man to his left, thigh to neck with a shield. A single weak spot and the phalanx shatters. From thigh to neck, Ephialtes. I am sorry, my friend. But not all of us were made to be soldiers. This is another shot that's right out of the graphic novel coming up the silhouette, the wide shot, where Ephialtes walks off. This is the line where he was gonna, I was gonna have him swear. Mother, effer, you are wrong. <laughs> but we thought it was inappropriate. This shot right here is right out of the graphic novel, where he walks away. Was it a complete silhouette? It was more of a complete silhouette in the graphic novel. It was black, but we, as you know, we just thought it'd be cooler. Mother, father! You were wrong!
my guess. You are wrong. Dispatch the potions to So the this is that same set, but we just added some uh, CG rocks to the left and then, you know, kind of blew out the sky a little bit and then put them on this vibrating thing to make the ground look like it was shaking. Dump some rocks on them. It was very low tech, this, this whole sequence. Shake the camera and, you know, call it good. This is a uh, Animal Logic, first Animal Logic shot. It's a lot of extras. <laughs> it's zero extras, except for here they come. These are our actual guys coming over the hill here. And those birds look like the size of pterodactyls back there, if you look in, in like perspective. And that was shot on stage with a running horse on stage, which is fun. This is where we hold them! This is where we fight! This, this is John's dad's. Yep. Give him a little dialogue. Pump up the man. That's uh, half CG guys, half real guys. So that's all fake back there, behind him. Spartans! Lay down your weapons! And this is historical too. This whole Spartans lay down your weapons. Oh, come and get Persians. That's Molan. That's where the Molan Labi, the expression Molan Labi comes from, which is this right here. Persians! Come and get them! Those are big um, horns that uh, signal the charge, as you can clearly see. CG shot. That was sharpened in post. It was a big rubber spear. Those are the CG guys. Look at how wiggly they are. And then now here's their here they are real. And so you can sort of see the slight difference between the massive guys and the actual guys. The way we did that one shot where the impact is we, we did like a football sled and the camera was mounted on the sled and when the when the when the stuntmen hit the sled they actually pushed the whole sled backward and the camera was on it with the guys so it, it all went back as a single unit. That's the best you can do! CG wound. This is Spartan getting a little bit mad. I like this first kill after they push. The shield gets chopped and then he gets right here. Bam, and then it's kind of nice. Uh, a lot of this first fighting we did on the Wheatfield Hump as well. This is all stuff that's choreographed by Damon and Chad. All the transitions. All of it. <laughs> every, every sword hit, every spear jab, every fall for that matter. All Damon and Chad. And the guys, of course, doing an amazing job selling every hit like nobody's business. And the actors in the fray, too, though, trying to get it done. Coming up on the 
we would call Leonidas freelance or the crazy horse shot it starts now and it's basically the three cameras running at the same time as close as possible to each other and then basically in post we ramped the speed and we zoom in and out between the three cameras that's how you get this single take but that um, renders this concept of uh, all the three different sizes you're able to go in and out without cutting because it actually physically is the same take all the action matches. So that's one size, that's another one, and then that's another one. So those are the three basic sizes, sort of wide, medium, tight. The leg is CG getting hacked off there. And the hordes just keep coming. And the hordes keep coming. A lot of the way background guys are CG. These, of course, these guys are all real. And Jerry looks like he's in pretty good shape in that shot right there. I always say that that's his best looking physique shot in the movie, when he's walking up to stab that guy. They look thirsty! Well, let's give them something to drink! And then this shot, of course, is done on the wheat field hump, going up the hump. Same place we did the wheat uh, sequence where they leave Sparta. The actual hump is the, uh, the sort of the hill that they go up. And here they are coming down the wheat field hump, this side. So we just kept switching around and around in circles. Poster shot and graphic novel. Yeah, and this, of course, we did on uh, a little cliff that we built that was made especially for the shot, actually. All the Animal Logic guys, most, I'd say, about from about six guys back, it's uh, CG guys. Have a good start. And this is the uh, arrow launch. This was a big uh, bone of contention because the, if you look at the size of the characters on the um, peninsula, they're quite large. They would be quite large, the uh, Persians. And then you have this um, arrows blotting out the sun. The Spartans didn't like uh, arrows because they, they couldn't figure out why you would want to um, shoot an arrow at someone when you could walk over and lop their arms or legs off. It seemed to like a lot more fun than shooting them with an arrow from far away. So they didn't like that. Made them mad. Fight in the shade! So this shot also, um, where Leonidas cleans the arrows off his um, shield, is a, sort of an iconographic shot. I remember when I, I drew it and I thought it looked cool. I wondered how it would look in real life. Looks cool and iconographic. And look, but the, uh, if you look at that shot, none of the Spartans have arrows in their shields. <laughs> but that's fine. Today, no Spartan dies. And now this horse battle we shot all entirely on stage. Our stage wasn't very long, so the horses could only run like, you know, whatever, what, what was it, like 100 feet, 200 feet or something like that. Then we'd have to stop them before they ran into the green screen, which they almost did every time. Easy, son. 
And we shot this sort of next to the big stage where the, the main battle arena was because we had to put down a surface that the horses could run on. We do what we were trained to do. What we were brave that's a that's a shot right out of the graphic novel, the profile where he's jabbing. You know, we just wanted to do also just sort of turn the bet, the horse battle into a montage because the whole concept of a horse battle was a little bit too um, too crazy to try and do as a single, as like a linear battle. And then a little match cut there, back into Sparta. How does great everyone looks in Sparta? That's what a free society is. Oh, is everyone looking great? Yeah, everyone looking great, working, having fun. Rich and the poor intermingle. Exactly. <laughs> Reverence for the queen. This was all like a real set, which was weird for us to shoot on and done early in the production because we we pretty much shot Lena's, all of Lena's stuff out at the beginning of the movie. That was the first stuff we did. And then we marched our way out up to the hot gates and the rest of the battles we tried to do pretty much in order. But this stuff we did all at the beginning of the schedule. Your son starts in Gogi next year. That is always a difficult time for a Spartan mother. Yes, it will be hard, but also necessary. You will speak before the council in two days' time. My husband does not have two days. Think of the two days as a gift. It's no secret. Theron wants what you control. It's his voice you must silence. Make him your ally, and you will have your victory. Thank you. You are wise as you are kind. This is a uh, Dawn of the Dead homage shot. <laughs> of course. Sarah Polly looking in the fountain. Ah, oh, there's your mother. And there's, you know, Dominic West being really creepy. Yeah, and great. We did one where he was rubbing his head. It was a little too scary. You should keep a better eye on him if he's to be king one day. It'd be unfortunate if anything were to happen to him. Or to his beautiful mother. And then this is basically my favorite scene in the movie. Spartans clean the battlefield of the dead. The apple-eating scene, we call it. Our Greek comrade, 
I'm begging for a crack at the Persian, sire. Good. I've got something I think they can handle. Tell Daxos I want him and 20 of his best, eager, sober, and ready for the next charge. King Leonidas. Jalios, catch your breath, boy. Yes, my lord. The Persian's approaching. Small contingent. Too small for an attack. Captain, I'll leave you in charge. Sire. Relax, old friend. If they assassinate me, all of Sparta goes to war. Pray. They're that stupid. Pray. The technology of the uh, collapsible spears was the thing that we worked on for quite a while, too. The way you could take a spear and it was like a pogo stick and you could jab it into somebody and it would like collapse as you hit them. And there was a rubber band, so the harder you pushed, the harder, the more resistance there was. None, sire. So here's Rodrigo as Xerxes. And the thing I always say about this sequence is that, you know, Rodrigo, if you had been telling the story of the um, Persian uh, god king and then Xerxes showed up and he was just a guy, it wouldn't be that fun. Steady's like a giant. We lowered his voice a little bit because of the scale of him. I wanted his voice to be a little bit lower. But it's his voice, it's Rodrigo's voice. We just pitched it down a little bit. Nothing short of madness for you, brave king, and your valiant troops to perish. All because of a simple misunderstanding. There is much our We talked about Yule Brenner a lot before we did it. I feel like he nailed that. Yours is a fascinating tribe. Even now you are defiant in the face of annihilation. If you look in the way background, you can see the guys working on the wall of the dead, too. Way in the, around the corner. Pretty cool. what horrible fate awaits my enemies when I would gladly kill any of my own men for victory. And I would die for any one of mine. You Greeks take pride in your logic. I suggest you imply it. Consider the beautiful lands you so vigorously defend. Picture it reduced to ash at my whim. Consider the fate of your women. Clearly, you don't know our women. I might as well have marched them up here, judging by what I've seen. You have many slaves, Xerxes. A few warriors. It won't be long before they fear my spears more than your whips. So that was a little blue Jerry that he was putting his hands on to scale him down. We shot these pieces separately. The hands and Jerry and the body are all separate elements. I'm a generous god. I can make you rich beyond all measure. I will make a warlord of all Greece. You will carry my battle standard to the heart of Europa. Your Athenian rivals will kneel at your feet. If you will, but kneel at mine. But I, again, you know, Rodrigo, I remember Rodrigo asking me, what am I going to wear in the movie? Those I've looked at the graphic novel. I'm not going to wear that, am I? And I was like, yeah. No. Some earrings and a gold chain. I would never make you wear that. But the, uh, the idea of kneeling, it's... I think once he got in the costume, he, he was digging it. He would, he would 
kind of do some posing and walk around and be king-like. If he was actually that huge, too, that would have been awesome. He's about the same size as Jerry, same height in real life. I will erase even the memory of Sparta from the histories. And we gave him those big eye contacts. See how his pupils are like gigantic, basically black. And every scribe shall have their eyes put out and their tongues cut for their mouths. Why, honoring the throne, of course, or Xerxes' litter, we called it, is real. Well, made of foam. Well, you're right, exactly. It's, it's called, yeah, it's called it out of foam, but it's on. It's not real gold. It's a, yes, it's made of real gold. And, no, it's the, uh, it, it actually is on wheels, and so it was rolling, because it's like a big, I mean, it's pretty huge. It's as big as it is. Stood against many. And before this battle was over, that even a god king can bleed. And so some of these were um, dummies and some, like that guy right there at the bottom was an actual extra um, or a, a stuntman. I think it was an extra though. For some reason, the stunt guys were doing something else. That guy that these two are about to pick up is a, uh, that's, a that's a guy. And we did like 80 takes of this. But they threw him on a soft foam guy, so it wasn't that bad. Jealousy does not become you, my friend. Move it, man! Cloud those Persians high. This is also a shot I like. It's pretty outrageous. Unless I miss my guess. We're in for one wild night. The immortal battle. This shot right here was done on the Wheatfield Hump, but the majority of the battle was done actually in the Battle Arena, which we had built really for Battle 1, but didn't really get to shoot much of Battle 1 there. We have served the dark will of Persian kings for 500 years. I this sequence we did mostly uh, in the Battle Arena, we called it. And it was a, just a giant stage that we shot pretty much the rest of the um, fighting in. And it had an actual Wall of the Dead that was on hydraulics that could be lowered and, and raised to be the vertical wall of the dead or the 45-degree angle wall of the dead. That's a CG shot, of course. The deadliest fighting force in all of Asia. The Immortals. This is the vertical wall. And we did this shot. I had the Immortal kneel on his knees. And then when we did the tilt-up, it made the wall look taller. a fatal floor. Hubris. Easy to taunt, easy to trick. Of all wounds and weariness have taken their toll, the mad king throws the best he has at us. Xerxes has taken the bait. Spartans, push! Most of the bodies are comped in, but they just, they took one body and they just threw it on him from the top of the thing and knocked him down with it. <laughs> and that was, that made that element, but it really hit him hard. And then these are just the guys doing an awesome job selling this fighting. And it's, uh, that's all our stuntmen. Some little couple Spartan deaths here. The Immortal Swords were also a rubber bungee cord and the, the, the blade was actually, had a rubber tip on it. And when you put it in them, the back of the sword would actually come out and you painted that part out. 
So you could actually, and those were on resistance rubber bands too. So when you stuck it in them, the deeper it went, the harder it was to push in. Father and son. Astinos saving his dad. And then the uber immortal. And he was like a pipe fitter or something in real life. Yeah, he's, uh, he's working, I think he worked on a metal lathe. Great guy, awesome. Did a great job on this character. He had to wear a lot of makeup. One night when we finished working with him, he couldn't take his makeup off, so they just sent him to the hotel in his uh, Uber Immortal makeup. And when he got out of his taxi at the hotel, he, uh, you know, looking scary. He looked like that at the hotel, maybe with a shirt on. And he's a huge guy, he's seven, two or three, I forget how tall he is, he's really super tall. And this is Maddie doubling Jerry for this sequence here. And Maddie's one of our stuntmen who was, who's um, not as tall as Jerry. No, not as tall as Jerry. Maddie's what? He's like five, six or something like that. And so you had just to kind of get the scale up. But you know, Maddie's in great shape. So and he would get his Jerry looks down. So it looked awesome. Like this throw, camera shake, boom, post. And this was also a lighting, sort of a different look for us because it's a day for night look, or day for night, not day for night look. It's a night look. <laughs> but uh, we could have shot it outside in the daytime, but we decided not to. This is our only night sort of exterior battle scene in the movie. Nice. I like that little stretchy bit. This is a... Uh, yeah, the free Greeks. They've been hiding in the trees. Yes, they've been hiding in the trees. And they have their Battlestar Galactica helmets on. Yeah, that's cool. Cylon Centurion. Yes, it's exactly. Activate. They shout and curse, stabbing wildly. Ouch. They're brawlers. Now, didn't you originally not want to have a lot of those wide? I didn't. I was actually, uh, in post, we actually added a lot of those shots because um, it was a geography thing. People wanted to know where, the, where everybody was, and so we added those shots to kind of help out with the geography and a little bit of scope and scale.
Frank doesn't do it. You know, I, I kind of didn't, was against it for that reason. But you know, it, 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 I think it helps. It helps to give a little bit of continuity. And this is the uh, tilt up to uh, Xerxes. Xerxes we shot separately on a rock, and this is shot in the in our on the battle arena. We have this tilt up that sort of reveals Xerxes up on this cliff. Immortals, they fail our king's test, and a man who fancies himself a god. Very so that tilts up in, in the geography of the hot gates would be closer to the coastal road, we called it, which was on the far right side of the battle arena. And this is the same set where the guys were marching through a little while before. And our honored dead. That's the hill they came down. And there's a lot of that, the firelight has been done with the flicker, right, Larry? We did a lot. I mean, some of it was real fire. Some real fire, some flickering lights. Against Asia's endless hordes, against all odds, we can do it. We can hold the hot gates. We can win. It's going into day three. Yep, or day battle three. Circus of death, as we called it. Dawn. Whips crack. Barbarians howl. Those behind cry, forward! There's Jesse Youngblood, Jesse James Youngblood right there. A friend of mine works out uh, with me at the gym and is an actor extraordinaire. Did that little sequence for us. Super cool. Our eyes bear witness to the grotesque spectacle coughed forth from the darkest corner of Zerzi. Uh, this is our... Rhino. Our Scotty Reitz Rhino. Yeah, Scotty Reitz Rhino. This is... Uh, Kurt told me the story uh, that was told to him by Scotty Reitz. He saw somebody hunting a water... Cape Buffalo in Africa, and the guy took a shot, and Cape Buffalo slid right to the guy's feet after he, after he shot it, but uh, didn't move out of the way, so Zach just lifted that. Yeah, and... I thought it would be cool. I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. And then um, Clay Staub, uh, the second unit director, did uh, a lot of this stuff in Battle 3. He did this little sequence. I did the throwing shot, and I think I did this shot, and he did the rest of them. Muscle failed, they turned to their magic. One hundred nations descend upon this. The Kurt had written in the script that these guys had like bat guano and like sulfur, sulfur, charcoal, and Zach at one point just said, you know, just write more weirdness into the movie, and I'm like, okay, so this is what you get. It's kind of fun. I like it a lot. I think it's, I think it's fun. I like that the. And then, you know, it was this little bit that I added in the storyboards, which was kind of a Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, moment where the, where the one fireball rolls over and lands in the pile of them, which I thought was pretty funny. They fall by the hundreds. We send the severed bodies and the fragile hearts back to Xerxes' feet. Those two there to the left were supposed to be my daughters. 
um, to the left of Xerxes with the little sort of metal hats on, but uh, they didn't make it up for that shot. So Willow and um, Autumn, they didn't get to be in those shots. They were mad about it. Because Eli, of course, gets to be the, you know, the young king, their brother, and so they were mad about that. And Olivia, my other daughter, was supposed to be the um, just one of the Spartan village girls, but she didn't get to do that either. So they were all mad. Xerxes dispatches his monsters from half the world away. They're clumsy beasts. The piled Persian dead slipping. And then these are that's Barbar Bar, having a hard day. This was a thing that Damon and Chad put together. We wanted to do like a long, this was a lot like the test shot that we had done for the studio that was a 360 degree fight scene. But now that we had all the manpower, we wanted to do it the real way with the actors. Awesome sequence of carnage, which is what it's all about anyway, is why we're here. You still here? Somebody's gotta watch your back. No, now I'm a little busy. Like this one guy, that's a Medi. We call the Medis, that guy in the crazy outfit there. Oh, do you want to talk about the shield size? Yeah, these are smaller shields. We use these shields, just, we're actually physically smaller. It's just a cheat, because we knew when they were fighting, they wouldn't be able to wield their giant shields around. So that's where they have their, small, their, their smaller shields when they're fighting. You'll see in this sequence, these are the normal size shields again. Like that's back to normal size shield. And then we just did this by having him just, he just fell to his knees and we just erased his head and post. He wore a blue hood? I don't think he wore a blue hood. I think they just drew a line on his neck, didn't they? I saw a blue hood for some of the shots. It, the, the blue hood was, it's when he was, yeah, he was. Nacho yeah, Libre. He was not, yeah, Nacho Libre. He was Nacho Libre when he was laying on the ground. Or dearest blood. And upon seeing the headless Vincent's blood, awesome here. Yeah, he is. Look at him. He's just crazy. And then those are CG guys way in the background. If you see, they barely move around. Blood. See him way back there. of his son are more frightening to the enemy than the deepest battle drums. It takes three men to restrain him and bring him back to our own. 
day is ours. No songs as some. Goat-headed minstrel. The goat-headed minstrel was another drawing that Adam did that I thought was cool and thought it would be neat to have in the movie. I just wanted Xerxes' harem and or his tent to be a place of exotic wonders. Most of these guys were just cast locals in Montreal. So. Yeah, and they and by the way, did a, we shot this all in one day? They did a, and did a fantastic job. Larry made a really nice, moody, cool. Look at this; this is an awesome shot. Look. Forgot how to light a real play. <laughs> I am kind. Everything you could ever desire. Every happiness you can imagine. Every pleasure your fellow Greeks and your false gods have denied you, I will grant you, for I am kind. These girls had to make up their dance kind of on the day. We didn't have a lot of time to choreograph it, so they had to, they had to do a quick choreography, and I think they did a, they did a pretty great job. It was very uh, sort of spontaneous, and if you look at Frank's book, and he, he has some dancing girls kind of dressed like that, and I wanted it to sort of have the yes. same dark, exotic quality that he had in the graphic novel. Leave my soldiers to the hidden path that enters behind the cursed Spartans, and your joys will be endless. And again, you know, in this sequence, we tried not to put too many shots of Rodrigo and everybody in the same shot, because it, it was yes. that whole thing we, we would have had to create that concept that he was gigantic still, and there's a lot of math involved. When I was in school, I told my teachers I wouldn't need math because I was going to be a movie director. And it turned out I did need it, and I didn't have any. So I had to ask other people. Hired people with math skills. Exactly. Done. You will find I am kind. Those are huge tusks that actually hold the tent up. If you look, Jimbus hold had done this design and I was like, that's cool. Right. He used actual giant tusks to make the tent. More foam, not actual tusks. Not actual tusks, yeah, no, no, no ivory. That was just, yeah, those two things right there. That's Dominic back there. And if you look at him out of focus, he'll pay off the, uh, there he is paying the girl right there. Ask you here for small talk, Sarah. You're sure of that? You never spared words with me. Can I offer you something? A drink, perhaps? Is it poison? Sorry to disappoint you, it's only water. These two are fantastic. And again, look, here's Larry lighting a real scene with real people in it and no blue screen. And doing a fantastic and a real fantastic fire. job. It's real fire, no embers. I need your help in winning votes to send the army north to our king. Yes. I can see it, the two of us standing together, 
me politician, you warrior, our voices as one. But why would I want to do that? It proves you care for a king who right now fights for the very water we drink. True. But this is politics, not war. Leonidas is an idealist. I know your kind too well. You send men to slaughter for your own gain. Your husband, our king, has taken 300 of our finest to slaughter. He's broken our laws and left without the council's consent. And this was um, some cool props that the uh, art department had come up with. You're an opportunist. You're as foolish as Leonidas if you think men don't have a price in this world. All men are not created equal. That's the Spartan code, my little queen. Right before that, I had Lena slap me. I told her, I asked her, I go, how hard are you going to slap Dominic? And she goes, I don't know. I go, show me. Whacked me. And I was like, wow, that's great. Okay, do that. That's but cool. harder. That's cool. No, I didn't tell her harder. I actually did not tell her harder. I thought he might quit. I own that chamber as if it were built with these hands. I could crush the life out of you right now. You will go before the council, but your words will fall on deaf ears. Leonidas will receive no reinforcements. It's a trick, you know, the actors have to choke each other, but not really put the pressure on. But you want to squeeze the face, you know, to make it look like you're really squeezing it, but he's, he's being real careful. You love your Sparta. Yes. And your king? I do. Your husband fights for his land and his love. What do you have to offer? In return for my word that I'll help you send our army north. What does a realist want for this queen? I think you know. I trust that scratch hasn't made you useless. Mm. Hardly, my lord. It's just an eye. God saw fit to grace me with a spare. My captain? Curses the gods and mourns alone. Andrew had to learn to ride a horse bareback. I think like in the, on the weekends right before we did this and he kept falling off it, he said, but he, able, he was able to stay on it for that sequence. He does a great job in this sequence and in the movie in general, but I really like him here. If you look at the graphic novel, this sequence especially, Jerry's really starting to look a lot like the, like, like the drawings. Spartans, prepare for glory! combination also of the way Larry lit him too and his, no his sort of overall vibe like right there. Or surrender. 
or death. Well, that's an easy choice for us, Arcadian. Spartans never retreat. Spartans never surrender. Go spread the word. Let every Greek assemble know the truth of this. Let each among them search his own soul. And he still has his uh, leftover scratch from the uh, Uber Immortal, which we had, which isn't in the graphic novel. But he does have that scratch. My man will leave with me. There was a part actually where he threw his sword down, but we took that out. Kind of speed him up a little bit, tighten it up there. He threw his sword down, and then he said, "My my my men will leave with me." Children! Children! And what we did is here, we started to bring it, uh, if you look at the background, we started to have the dawn rising a little bit, so that um, as we go into this next day, you get the sense that the sun's coming up, because basically, at the end of the sequence, he takes uh, Delios over to this cliff, and, and then it's pretty much sunrise, so we wanted to just sort of suggest it a little bit. An age of freedom. And all will know that 300 Spartans gave their last breath to defend it. Oh, oh, We had this uh, idea that he was eating ashes up in the um, in his morning. What do you call that? From the Joseph Campbell thing, where Norsemen would lie in the in the longhouses along their fire when their family would die to lie in the ashes. Gave up his life for his country. It's just that I never told him that I loved him the most. That he stood by me with honor. That he was all that was best in me. My heart is broken for your loss. Heart. <gasps> I have filled my heart. It's funny because if you look at this whole, this is that same set again, just from another angle. It's basically, a land of the lost cave that we, that we just shot in a circle. You know, again, Jim Bissell knew what we were doing, and he was able to build us a set that we could work in all those different angles. Ready for battle. That you are one of the finest. But you have another talent unlike any other Spartan. You will deliver my final orders to the council with force and valor. Tell them my story. Make every Greek know what happened here. You'll have a grand tale to tell. A tale of victory. Victory. 
it was odd when we would actually shoot something that took place in the same area in the same area because it just didn't matter, you know, because so much of it was changed. But yeah, I think it helped the actors and it helped me. I know that. Any message? Delios has his signature eye missing from the night before. And then here's the, the wolf tooth. We wanted to bring the wolf tooth back, so. But we just created that wolf tooth as like the amulet that, you know, is the thread that goes through the whole script. But it's, you know, a cool connection to yeah. what he does. None that need be spoken. Big CG shot with everybody leaving. What do you think, Larry's first 25 feet is real? Yeah, I don't know. You run into a wall. You run into a wall, right. And then this is from the graphic novel, too. Yeah, that's not a cop, that's all real. Yeah, that's not a cop, just this guy. It's a real distance relationship. And he basically walked two steps into the back of the stage. Spartans! Ready your breakfast and eat hearty. But tonight, we dine in hell! Then that's a big CG shot, of course. If you look inside, in the IMAX version, you can see inside all the councilmen are sitting around waiting for him and everything. May I give the floor now to the wife of Leonidas and Queen of Sparta? We shot this, the, well, was this was uh, the second or third day. It was Lena's first day. She had to do this um, giant speech that Kurt wrote that I thought was really awesome, but it was hard for her because uh, your first day and you have to- Day one, get to work. Get to work and stand in front of all these crusty councilmen. I come to you as a Spartan woman. I come to you with great humility. I am not here to represent Leonidas. His actions speak louder than my words ever could. I am here for all those voices which cannot be heard. Mothers, daughters, fathers, sons. The first columns were there. The second row of columns were not there. It's a pretty small little set, actually. Trying to keep the graphic novel nature of the, the marble and all of it sort of very painterly, because that was the sort of the overall vibe. Just ourselves, but of our children. Send the army for the preservation of liberty. Send it for justice. Send it for law and order. Send it for reason. But most importantly, send our army for hope. Hope that a king and his men have not been wasted to the pages of history. That their courage bonds us together. That we are made stronger by their actions. Tyler's just building it up. Yeah. You know, it's funny because he, you know, I said we decided to put a little bit of music in here just to kind of give it a teeny bit. But I always love this angle and how those high angles I think are really, really cool. But all the dust, the shafts of light are all added in post. Those shafts weren't there and none of it was there. You know, it's, it was the idea of sort of that translation. Larry had put a hard light, hit a light on the floor. That's a real shadow. But then it was the actual shaftiness that we added. Because again, the set wall ended about 
five feet behind the car. Yeah, there was no like Shame distance to get back. Yeah, exactly. And what is the lesson you would like to leave? Should I begin to enumerate all of them? Honor, duty, glory. You speak of honor. And that's all, those are like the chapter headings off the book, just repeating those. What of adultery? How dare you? How dare I? Watch her, carefully. She is a trickster in true form. Do not play with the members of this sacred chamber, my queen. Just hours ago, you offered yourself to me. Were I a weaker man, I would have her sent on me still. This is outrage. Ah, the hypocrite speaks. Did you not receive a similar payment, which you took in exchange for her having an audience with these noble men? That is a lie. Is it? Was he not, by your invitation, asked to come to the king's bedchamber, the very bed where you attempted to negotiate with me so vigorously? You look shocked. A bribe of the flesh, gentlemen, while her husband promotes anarchy and war. Words escape even the most cunning tongue. My little whore queen. <laughs> what queen-like behavior. Remove her from this chamber before she infects us further with her inglorious and shabby self. No, Dominic loved that line, by the way. Inglorious and shabby self. He would say, he, like in some takes, he would go, inglorious and unkept. And he would just make up all those crazy... <laughs> He's crazy versions of it. But he did love shabby. <laughs> Persian gold. You know, this was also a shot we talked about doing as a fly out the window shot, but we decided it was too much. This is cool. There's another shot in IMAX that's crazy because the uh, clouds are, you can really sense the movement in them. It's pretty awesome. You know, this, this sequence uh, with Leonidas, you know, in the, in the end here, I always say that this people, you know, it, it's funny because, you know, in theory, Delios wasn't here for this part. He's telling the story. This was a part of the movie that he had to make up completely. I think that sort of, it's a little bit more outrageous than some of the other. Well, but then again, the whole thing's outrageous. But I do like that idea that he sort of imagined this part. Leonidas, my compliments and congratulations. You surely have turned calamity into victory. Despite your the spears coming out of the turtle behind him were all half of them were CG and half of them real. And fighting skill. You will make a mighty ally. You Leonidas! Use your reason to kill men. Fialti's here, trying to get Listen Leonidas to, to not die. He, he still cares. He wants a unicorn, but he still cares. Despite your several insults, despite your horrid blasphemies, the Lord of Hosts is prepared to forgive all. And this is a ripped-off shot when actually that was a shot where instead of a dolly in, the actual litter is moving. <laughs> forward, which was when he was supposed to be arriving, and so we stole it for that little push in. 
You fight for your kingship. You will be proclaimed warlord of all Greece, answerable only to the one true master of the world. Leonidas, your victory will be complete if you but lay down your arms and kneel to holy Xerxes. This is quite a pull here. Bill. No. Though Bill Daglish was with me um, on my camera, and you'll see him in the credits, he was my camera assistant on my camera, and he just had to follow me around and help me film my ridiculous shots. It's been more than 30 years since the wolf and the winter cold. And now, as then, it's not fear that grips him. Only a restlessness, a heightened sense of things. That's what I was referring to when I was talking about the sort of shininess of the helmet. If you look there, I mean, the helmet, if you'd see it in real life, it had a really dull finish on it because we had, we put such a severe contrasty crush on the film because they were kind of dull. Once we really cranked up the highlights in, you know, in the end, the, 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 the helmet had this metallic look to it like it does right there. And then Larry's got some sort of a white thing to make it really take the kick there. Or it's a light or something. I don't know what it is, but it's working great. His helmet is stifling. We had this concept of doing a really dressing Ephialtes' uh, body up for this shot, but it wasn't really consistent with the rest of him, so we didn't do it. Put some veins in him and stuff, but we decided not to. Leonidas, your spear! That was supposed to be him looking at the checking the wind right before he kneels down because uh, he's about to take a shot at Xerxes. It looks like he's just looking at him in defiance or in resignation, depending on what, what you know is about to happen. We had shot also another shot for this flashback sequence with him and his son. But uh, we decided to take it out only because it, um, because when he stands at the end and he says, my queen, my, my wife, my love, be strong. I kind of wanted to keep it honed into this simple idea of love, you know, him away from his love and his queen and his wife and him balancing all those, the idea of never seeing her again and all that and, you know, choosing the Spartan, sort of the Spartan way. 
helmet was stifling. It narrowed his vision. All the arrows were CG. The battle grit, I think, is what the name of that. All that kind of flying debris. His target is far away. And this is right out of the graphic novel. just taking it. This is the Excalibur rip-off shot, or homage. It's one of my favorite movies, and I just like that sequence where they stick the spear through his son, and they, come, Father, let's embrace. And uh, a couple of last CG arrows coming in. Spartans are descended from Hercules himself. Old Leonidas gives testament to our. Can't tell unless you, when you see it in IMAX, it's a little crazy, but it's forgivable, I think, because it's such a huge movie. And then Jerry with some CG arrows stuck in him. Is Reagan dying? Uh oh. This is a, probably the best best dripping blood shot in the movie, I think. If you look uh, carefully at that blood that's running down Michael's chest there, coming out of the wound, it, like it's all CG. It's all added later. Pretty awesome though. The way it moves with his body and everything. It's a really great job. It's an honor to die at your side. It's an honor to have lived at yours. The dollar shot's real. Uh, I turned it around, actually. We turned it around in post. When we shot it, originally he was facing Xerxes, but I thought after we looked at the cut that it was cooler if he was facing the hot gates and not um, Xerxes, which I think is, uh, I don't know, it's just more fitting that he looks back toward Greek. Toward Sparta? Toward, yeah, toward Sparta, exactly. So that this shot in the reveal is him looking at the hot gates rather than at Xerxes. And it's all CG arrows.
awesome little musical thing that uh, Tyler's doing here, which is just fantastic. His nails aren't dirty enough though, I'll tell you that, his fingernails. I remember actually David complained about it afterward and I thought, gosh, he's right. <laughs> Although Spartans were fastidiously clean. Yeah, Spartan <laughs> manicurist followed them on the battlefield. <laughs> And that was quite a little prop. We had rubber ones for Leonidas, we had hard ones. We had the rubber ones for when they were fighting because otherwise it would poke people in the eye and stuff. So we had like a sort of a foam rubber one. cool because in this shot and the real shot that we did it, it was we shot this with two cameras the second camera is actually in the shot and they just painted it out remember us simple an order as a king can give remember why we died he did not wish tribute this was uh, David Wenham's first day it was his first scene so it's funny this was David's first scene on maybe the third day of the movie. His wish was simple. Remember us, he said to me. That was his hope. Should any free soul. And then this was the last shot we did on the last day. We shot this shot at about 5 o'clock in the morning, then we all went to have, and had breakfast. We'd been up all night shooting. So then everyone just showed up. We had a snowball fight outside where Michael Fassbender smashed me in the face with a snowball. And I remember it to this day. And, I, and I'm still plotting my revenge on him. That's him just to the right of Leonidas. He will get a snowball in the mail. Or something else. <laughs> exactly. And so my king died. And my brothers died. Barely a year ago. Long I pondered my king's cryptic talk of victory. Time has proven him wise. For from free Greek to free Greek, the word was spread that bold Leonidas and his 300, so far from home, Laid down their lives, not just for Sparta, but for all Greece and the promise this country holds. Now, here on this rugged... Now, this is cool because the sun is slowly coming up, and each shot is slowly brighter, brighter. You couldn't do that any other way, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Just there, the barbarians huddle. Sheer terror gripping tight. Their hearts with icy fingers, knowing full well what merciless horrors they suffered at the swords and spears of 300. 
There's Logan putting on his helmet. Yep. Getting ready. Awesome job. At 10,000 Spartans, commanding 30,000 free Greeks. This looks awesome in IMAX, too. It's crazy. Good odds for any Greek. This day, we rescue a world from mysticism and tyranny, and usher in a future brighter than anything we can imagine. Give thanks, man! Then we use the Crazy Horse rig for this last shot as well. This is three cameras next to each other, all filming 150 frames kind of zooming between the different sizes. This uh, title sequence was done by Yunko and I, I had done some drawings and I had a couple ideas and I had talked to him about how I wanted it to look and you know kind of like uh, shadow puppets. Well, Southeast like Asia? In yeah. Indonesian. Indonesian, exactly. 